This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. Coach's Wife Life is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit with the mission of providing support and research for medically fragile children. You can partner with the organization to make a difference for a child battling a critical illness by making a tax-deductible donation at rulerofhope.org. I'm so thrilled to have Courtney Perry today. Courtney is the wife of Trey Perry, head football coach for Mount Juliet High School just outside Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited. Well, your husband, Trey, has led Mount Juliet to three state regional championships, son of a legendary coach in the state of Tennessee. What's it about Coach Perry when you look at him, when you see him on the field and off the field and interacting with his players? players. What's it about him that helps his players buy into his vision? I think that he definitely has a passion and a determination that I think is just contagious. I don't think that you could walk into a locker room on Friday night and hear his pregame speech and not be ready to go out on the field and give it your all. So I think it's evident that he pours that passion out into his coaching. But even more than all of that, I think it's just the consistency. He instilled a strong work ethic in his coaching staff, and that trickles down to the players. So I think you see the players buy into just the whole program because they know that him and the coaching staff are going to be there for them, that they're a team, and that this family is going to be there through the thick and the thin, on the field and off the field. And so I think he's proven that to them consistently. He follows through with those promises and they know that, yes, coach wants to win, but if they ever need anything, that he's going to be there for them. I think you hit the nail on the head. Players can truly see when someone's authentic and when they, they don't overpromise and underdeliver. right? When you think about what Coach Perry has done with your program there at Mount Juliet, what makes you most proud? Well, I am proud definitely of his accomplishments and for creating such a strong program. You know, they've made it to the playoffs and his regional championships, but I think um, I am proud of all of those things, yes. But I think the one thing that makes me the most proud is just the legacy that I see him leaving, not just on the field, but off the field. I see him leaving a legacy at home with his kids and with his players. So I'm most proud of when a player from a few years ago reaches out and says, hey, coach, I just wanted to um, let you know what a difference you made in my life and that I wouldn't be where I am today without you. Or a player has recently called and said, hey, coach, I wanted to let you know that I am student body president at my college, and I'm leading mission trips to Africa, and you instilled that work ethic in me. So I think that's, when I look back, what I'm most proud of. Because, again, yeah, we want to win, but deep down it's more about changing lives. Um, And so I'm proud of him changing young men's lives. Now, where did you grow up, and did you ever think you'd be a coach's wife? (laughs) I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. Go Vols. (laughs) Um, Did I ever think that I would be a coach's wife? No, I don't think I did. I don't think that um, I really thought about that, but I know now that that's what I was made for because I love it. When Trey asked me to marry him, he said, I'm going to be a football coach, like period. Are you in or are you out? 
And so I said I was in, maybe not fully understanding um, at that time what it took to be a coach's wife. And recently he asked me, thinking back, do you wish that you would have done, done this differently? But I would not change it for the world. I love football and I love being a coach's wife. Now, how did you meet Trey Perry? <laughs> we both went to Tennessee Tech University um, and I first met him in swim class. I won't say that I got to know him in class because I don't know how many times he actually came to class. Um, <laughs> but that is where we first met. Well, I was going to say we were friends, but no, we were more like acquaintances. We were both involved in FCA, so at Tech, so I knew him. But that's also where I met his sister, also at Courtney. Um, and my junior year, his sister and I had become really good friends. We were roommates. And share an apartment. And so um, all of a sudden, he started spending a lot more time at his sister's apartment. <laughs> and we started kind of hanging out and getting to know each other. We would play Nintendo. I guess that's where we fell in love is over Nintendo playing Double Dribble. Double Dribble. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome there at Tennessee Tech. So another fun thing in college is that um, we played flag football for FCA. Um and he was our coach. Um, I was the quarterback and his sister was the running back. And so, um, I guess, so I got to experience some of what his players experienced. Um, but one play that stands out to me is when um, his sister and I didn't really like the play that he called. And so we were in the huddle and we changed the play and we scored a touchdown. <laughs> um, off the play that we changed and so we're celebrating and we get over to the sideline and he did not like that we changed the play and so he benched us both so <laughs> that's a oh fun moment <laughs> oh my word that's hysterical <laughs> that is hilarious you got a little taste of his leadership right there <laughs> exactly exactly his way or the highway. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, how long have you been married? How many kids? So we've been married for 16 years. Um, we have two children. We have a son, Kai, who is 12, almost 13. He plays middle school football. And then our daughter, Tatum, who is eight. Um, and I would say very much like her dad. Really? That's awesome. Do they, I guess, both enjoy Friday Night Lights there in Tennessee? Uh, Oh, they love it. Both of them, yes. Now, do you work? I do. I am a teacher. I teach on K-12 International Academy. So I teach middle school history and science online. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> fascinating. Yes. And then, okay, so I do research uh, on my guests before I get started, and I found a website called Tennessee Homegirl. What is this? Tell me a little bit about it. Yes, so that is my real estate website. So um, that's kind of like my second job, I guess. I've been working on that website. So about a year and a half ago, I got my real estate license. My undergrad was in business and marketing. So I think I have that little entrepreneurial bug um, deep down inside. So I decided just to go for it. And I absolutely love real estate. So yes, if you're in the Nashville area and you're looking to buy or sell a home, give me a call. I would love to help you. Absolutely should use her. TNHomeGirl.net. Look yeah. her up. Take advantage of yeah. that. No better. <laughs> if you're relocating in the Nashville area, you got to use a coach's wife for sure. I mean, yeah. 
are yeah. definitely going to understand you to that level. I don't think I've <laughs> ever promoted anybody's business as much as I just did right there, but I love you guys. So I'm doing that for sure. Okay. So this business though, it can be tough. I mean, it feels like everything is in the public eye. I mean, right there in that community, Nashville, Tennessee, they're big about high school football. It is a big, big deal there. No family, no coaching family is without some sort of bump in the road or just expectations or just hardships in this business. Do you think there's something that you guys have faced and how did you get through those moments? Yeah, I don't think people do. You said it. <laughs> you kind of hit the nail on the head there. People don't realize how hard it is to be a coach, um, the expectations that you have to live up to, and you are, you're like a public figure in the community. Um, but I don't know why it just gives people the the thought that they're allowed to publicly scrutinize all your actions. Um, so there's definitely been adversity in some of, I guess, the tougher football seasons. Um, and there have been some tragedies on the team that this team's kind of walked through. So that's always tough to get through. I would say the toughest adversity that we have faced, just kind of as a family, was in Trey's third year of being head football coach. So he took over um, in 2013. He was an assistant coach at Mount Julia. And in 2013, he took over as head coach. We knew that that would be a rebuilding year. Um, but after the community had started getting used to some success that they had not previously been used to, um, there were expectations to win, and we did not do a lot of that in 2013. Um, 2014 went much better, and then in 2015, we started the season off 0-3, and, and so we kind of had our back to the wall. And in the midst of that, our daughter, who had just turned four in August, was having some um, issues medically. She wasn't doing well. Um, she had C. diff, which is a bad bacteria that gets in her stomach. So we went through 45 days of antibiotics trying to fight that infection. And just, I mean, it was a hard time, just football. And then um, when you're, you know, a family member gets sick, it was just a hard time to walk through. And about the middle of August, we had gotten rid of the C. diff, but her symptoms were still there. So to kind of shorten that part of the story, we ended up having to hospitalize her they diagnosed her with Crohn's disease. So she had just turned four, um, and that's really young to be diagnosed with Crohn's. I think most of the time it's 15 to your early 20s that you're diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So I will say and put in a little plug here that um, I'm so thankful that we are close to Vanderbilt. And so her doctors at Vanderbilt were great. I think that they diagnosed her relatively quickly, um, and they have her on a great plan. So she is doing great. and that season, they did turn it around, but that was probably one of the toughest times that we faced. And 100%, we relied on God to get through that. Um, it does seem like when you're at your lowest, it's kind of like, what else can we handle? But obviously, your faith is strengthened in those moments. And so when you're fully relying on God because you have to, I think that's where you kind of, um, well, that's where your faith is strengthened. But I think to... Um, You have to realize how to build that relationship with God in the good moment so that when you hit those valleys, you know how to rely on him. So I don't think we could have gotten through it without fully relying on God for sure. Mm, Very, very strong words. Very powerful things you just said here. You know, digging into your faith when things are well, you know, when things Mm -hmm. are going well, because when you reach those bumps, 
um, you know, then you have something to cling on to, if that's a word, holding, grasping on to, for sure. When you look back now, when you face little things, not quite so hard and heavy, does it help you to remember those times where, hey, we got through that? I mean, you think that experience has changed you? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I think, obviously, it made me so much stronger, not just in my faith, but in a lot of areas of my life. Um, I did gain some mad nursing skills. Um, I can insert an NG tube and run a feeding pump, but um, I think it taught me to just smaller things like how to be an advocate for my kids um, and to, um, I tend to shy away from conflict. So it just kind of teaches mama bear how to come out a little bit. So I gained some mothering skills and it strengthened my compassion for um, other moms like you who have special needs children or chronically ill children. I think it's something that until you've walked that road, you just don't know what they're going through fully. And so I think it, it strengthened my compassion for other moms too. I, I would agree with you. Before Landry, I don't know how many times I probably walked by a mom um, of a sick child or something like that. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or, you know, I never thought about, gosh, what could I do? I mean, I hope I did, but you know, you don't think about, it. you don't remember exactly how you responded until your eyes are kind of open to situations that, and it's kind of opens a topic of, you know, you're on a coaching staff and how we can support each other as wives. Mm -hmm. You know, when we see another wife on a staff going through a tough moment, you know, it might be something simple of, Hey, I'm going to drop a coffee off to, can I bring you dinner? Or, you know, sometimes it's, you can't, you can order groceries on your phone, but you can even get out to go pick them up, you know? So just right. being there for each other. I think that's a big Thing through that during those times, Courtney, I mean, I know you had to also be the backbone to your family. You know, he's still coaching. He still has all the responsibilities. He's, you know, a head coach of a large program there in Tennessee. I mean, do you think there's some things that you did during that moment and then did continually or just things you try to do in general that you think has been a contributing factor to the success that he's had in his career and your lives as a family? I think mainly I just try to take all the stress that I can off of his plate so that he can focus on his career. Just anything little that I can do to kind of take that stress off of his plate. I guess I try to do that. Um, you know, being a coach's wife, you know, all too well that we kind of run the household. And so I think that's kind of one thing that I've tried to do is focus on taking all of that stress off of his plate so that he can focus on that. Yes, definitely. And it can be so overwhelming at times. We feel like, God, I'm doing everything. <laughs> Do you ever feel that way? Like, uh, and you're not doing everything, but you're doing a lot of stuff and it can be awfully hard at times. What do you think is the hardest part about being a coach's wife? So the toughest part, um, let's see. So I think, yes, acting like a single mom a lot of the year is tough. Like I said, being the one that's responsible for the kids and working late at night on an extra credit project the night before it's due with the kids. And sometimes you do have a little bit of resentment towards why am I doing all this? But I think um, I think I knew what I was signing up for. I am an independent person. And so I knew that would be the case. So I'm kind of, I, I'm okay with that part. And I have moments where, I'm like, wait a minute. But overall, um, I am good with that. So I think one hard part for me um, is sitting in the stands on Friday nights, especially at away games and listening to the, the critiques that you get from the fans. Mm -hmm. And it is so hard for me not to retaliate and maybe go back. 
um, which I think I did a little bit more before I had kids. So that's one thing that I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm an example. I need to be an example up here in the stands. And so I think that's one hard part for me is just not, um, I guess, not retaliating when you hear those hard things that are said about, about your coach, about your husband. So, yes. I mean, those nights when they come home and they put every ounce of energy into the same game is a win as a loss. And I think that sometimes mm-hmm. that fans don't see that where it's like, they're doing exactly the same thing sometimes during these games. And then we come up short or things that just didn't go away or an injury or something like that. And then we keep them encouraged. I think that's another part of our job. Are there, are there some things that you do or say um, to coach Perry during those tough days, just the highs and lows of coaching football? Oh, yeah. Um, I think over the years, I've learned how to be better at being a coach's wife. Um, I think the highs are definitely high. So remembering to celebrate those, but the lows, like you said, are low. So, and and some people don't get it. They think, hey, it's just a game. Um, and yes, it is just a game, but we know that it's so much more than that, too. And so that's what I try to remind him of when the lows come. And he knows it, but it helps just to be there with him in the grief and remind him that it's about the difference that he's making in these kids' lives. And like I said, he knows that, but that's what I try to remind him of when it kind of gets tough. So um, it's one of those things that's just, it's hard to realize in the moment. Um, So I think just being there is important and letting them know that if we lose, I'm going to love you the same. Your kids are going to love you the same. And so, um, and just reminding you're coaching 15 to 17 year old boys, you know, um, and yeah, they buy into your program, but they're 15 to 17 year old boys, you know, mm-hmm. enough said there. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, what were we doing at that age, right? Do we have the exact yes. perfect focus in life? I mean, that's, that's hard that our, you know, our whole careers are based on all of that. I mean, part of us are like, yeah, we wouldn't have it any other way. And then part of us is like, wow, this is tough. This is tough what we signed up for, you know, after those big wins, do you guys have a big tradition? Something you do? Do you go out to eat? Do you eat at home? Do you just fall asleep on the couch? (laughs) Yeah. I wish I could say that we did have a fun tradition and I think maybe I should think of a good one. Um, And I think with kids too, like the, the game ends at nine o'clock we always do meet him on the field um, or in the coach's office, just depending on, I guess, the night. Win or lose, we meet him to hopefully congratulate him, give him a hug, say, we'll see you at home. So after a game, he's getting in late, and the next day, he's working, right? I mean, he's kind of breaking down film and stuff on Saturday. Is that right? Yes. Definitely. So then you've got to go and maybe take kids to ball games and stuff like that. So you're by yourself on a Saturday as well. Yes. Now, most of the time he will attend kids games, but then he's back at it looking at film because they will have meetings on Sunday. So on Sundays, I'm alone again. So they'll have, um, they break down the film on Saturday and then on Sunday they meet for several hours and come up with their game plan for the next week. So there's, sometimes it doesn't even feel like there's much difference between the different levels of football. It's just (laughs) day in, day out, week in, week out. Now, are there some things that you enjoy doing with the wives on the staff now that you're a head coach's wife? I wish I could do more for them. And I had a great role model in my mother-in-law. So in the past, um, 
I've had tailgates at my house. Um, I try to think of a gift to give them at the football banquet at the end of the year, just to say thanks for giving us your husband for the last seven months. Um, and we all have kids and we all have busy lives, so it's hard to be consistent there. So I try to do small things to them. Um, and after listening to your podcast, I really would like to try to do some of that on a more consistent basis. Some of the wives there have had great ideas. I'm like, oh, I need, I need to do that. But we've done some small things at our house. Um, and the office of coordinator's wife actually had a kickball tournament um, to start the year this year um, for the coach's family. And that was a blast. And oh, so I jokingly told her, oh, it was so much fun. And I told her, I was like, hey, this was awesome. And I was like, so I have now officially named you the wives coordinator. Yes. So now I'm going to pass that over to her. <laughs> See, delegate it. You got to get it done. If someone has a gifting, yeah. I like it. That's, That's right. what a husband says, right? He delegates. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's a great kickball. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Do most of the wives on your staff work? Yes. <laughs> In fact, I think think every one of them do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and they're just taking kids here and there and trying to get the game themselves. It's, um, you know, sometimes it's harder when they're all working moms for sure to have time just to do something fun together. It's kind of, that's a luxury we don't often get. Right. Now your father-in-law, you mentioned your mother-in-law and father-in-law, he was a hall of fame coach in the state of Tennessee I started thinking about that and the fact that you do have a role model right there, but then he grew up, your husband did as a coaching kid, grew up in this profession. Now, when y'all started talking about having kids and raising kids and how you want to raise them, were there some things that he talked about or maybe just going along in the process of raising children in this profession that he's like, I want to make sure we focus on this. Oh, yeah. Um, his dad is definitely an example to follow. And so um, just making the kids part of the football family. Um, my son goes down the sidelines on Friday nights and helps out as ball boy. Or um, maybe most of the time he kind of gets caught up in the game and is cheering the team on from the sidelines. Um, and my daughter said this last week that she wants to be a football manager. So I think he realized being around the field um, when he was growing up, how important that was. And so I think just knowing that he wanted his kids to be um, around the field um, or something that he wanted to do as well. Are there some ways that you try to show the players that mean a lot to you? Talk about this being almost like a, a mission field or this being a, uh, an extension of your family. Uh, what are some things that you've tried to do in your busy schedule to try to reach out to the players that um, Coach Perry coaches? I hope they know that we're here for them, both of us. Um, and we do an end-of-the-year event for the seniors. Um, I think it's something that they look forward to. They get to come over to Coach's house. We feed them. They hang out and play Xbox. And um, just to let them know that, hey, um, it's your senior year, but we're going to continue to be here for you if you ever need anything. You know, the season's long. <laughs> I mean, especially when you go to the playoffs, which is a wonderful thing. But it does. Yeah, we want it to be long. We want it to be long. <laughs> but do you ever get to go on a date? Do you ever? I mean, it sounds like you have two jobs. He's a head coach. You have two small kids. Well, not too small, but they're definitely in a busy season of their life. So do you ever get away where you're like, hey, we're going on a date. I don't care what's going on. Do you have a little <laughs> something you're doing to stay connected during the season? We, 
We try to. We should probably stay a little more connected during the season other than just the five minutes before he leaves the house and walks out the door, like all the logistics of where everybody's going. And then when he walks in, um, just kind of catching up on the day. And we do that pretty well, but we should – we're both also – I say that we're kind of boring. Um, <laughs> we both probably would rather stay at home and watch a show together than go out. But we do um, we do try to go on a date every once in a while. It's probably most of the time after football season that we actually get a date in or get to go out to eat. So, um, And luckily, our anniversary is in dead period. Obviously, we got married during the dead period, so that's when our anniversary hits. And so that's when we finally get to go on a date again is during dead period. <laughs> Very smart there. Okay, so if there's uh, any fans out there that are not actually coaches' wives, but would maybe be surprised to know of a task or responsibility you've handled as a coach's wife, would there be something that would surprise the world? Well, I think I do whatever he needs me to do that he can't delegate to anybody else. So. A couple of things that I do that maybe pe- other people don't know about um, other than run the household during the season is that um, I'm heavily involved in the lift-a-thon that they do, all of the organizing of the order and all of the computer stuff. I run that for the lift-a-thon. And then I also run the football Twitter account during games. So. Oh, <laughs> that's exhausting. It is. And when I first started saying I would do it, I – I guess I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And so it became kind of a bigger thing over the last couple of years. And then I'm like, I don't know that I can keep up with this. And I don't know that I'm the best person to do it. So I've just decided I'm going to have to keep it simple. And I just do some updates throughout the game. And every once in a while, I'll do like a, if it's a close game, I'll do the live tweet. Um, But yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Social media stuff takes a lot of time. It does. And then they reached out and I started doing the Tennessee high school football app. Um, and I was like, it, I can't do both at the same time and watch, like enjoy the game. No. So I delegated that off to my brother-in-law. So he actually does the, the Tennessee high school football app and I do the Twitter. So very good. See, that's a surprising thing. You wouldn't think the coach's wife would have to handle that, but here we are. Making yeah, sure exactly. we get the correct publicity out there. You know, you have to take care uh-huh. of the fans out there. They're trying to follow it from far away. Right? Exactly. So if you see anything good during the game, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. If you had the opportunity, this is a new question on my podcast, by the way. If you had the opportunity to enlighten the world about one thing about the life of a high school coach's wife, what would it be? Oh man. And I, I struggle with this one. Uh, what would I want to enlighten the world with? Um, I think earlier you said these men are putting their heart and soul into coaching and their wives are there to support them. Um, so other than that, I don't really know about that one. Mm -hmm. That's a tough question. Okay. So I'm hearing you work full time. You're also a real estate agent mom, two busy kids. Do you get any downtime at all to yourself? Anything fun that you enjoy doing? Oh goodness. Um, again, I'm boring. If I get some downtime, I like to sit in my PJs and read or watch a show. But I think, um, some fun things that I've started doing, um, I do CrossFit. I've done that for like a year and a half. And so that's something that I've I really enjoy doing. I would love to travel more. I like to do DIY. Um, if I can, I like to do some projects, but yeah, I don't get to do a lot of that. 
What do you think are some of the ways that a coach's wife can really add value to her husband's career? Um, I think the main thing is just letting him focus on his career. Um, He knows that I'm here to support his career and I'll go wherever he has to go or do whatever I need to do. And so that he doesn't have to worry about the planning dinner or getting childcare or any of that. I think that's kind of one of the main things I can do to add value. You're looking back now, you've been together 16 years. He's been a head coach for six years. Is that right? In the coaching profession long before that. If you look back now, probably one of the most rewarding aspects to you about being a coach's wife, what would that be? Winning is fun. I mean, I love that there are highs and lows, but just knowing the difference um, is the most rewarding aspect. I wouldn't change it for the world. I think it's so much fun. Um, I think life would be a little bit boring um, without football in it. Um, And I think that the challenges that we face have brought us closer together as a family. So we win together, we lose together, and we know that we're always there for each other. So I think just um, just becoming closer as a family, I think kind of the most rewarding aspect. All-time favorite coach's wife memory. So I would probably have to say his first win as head coach um, and the managers dumped Gatorade on him. That was fun, and that is on YouTube somewhere. Um, and overall, just seeing big wins in general, um, seeing him celebrate with his kids when they congratulate him, that makes my heart happy. So some of those images are just ingrained in my memory. Um, but I think I'll have to add another one to that, too. Um, so Tatum was, we didn't plan very well as a coach's family um, having kids. And she was due on August 4th, right at the beginning of football season. And so um, August 4th was on a Thursday, and he said, just don't have her on Friday because we had a big scrimmage to start the year. And so um, on Thursday night, I started having contractions, and I was like, yeah, I think I think it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> so we had talked about it, and I had her at 1130 that afternoon on Friday, and everything went well. And so he was able to make it to the scrimmage. So um, that was fun. And then a couple years later, um, the – the players at that at the first scrimmage of the game all sang happy birthday to her. So it was on Friday that her birthday fell, and so they all sang happy birthday to her. So those would be some of my top memories as a coach's uh, wife. Wife of the year. Yeah, had a baby. Go on to practice. No worries. I got this. <laughs> yeah, his, his mom stayed at the hospital with me. <laughs> she was like, you go to the scrimmage. I'll be here with her. So it's all good. Yeah, if that's not coach's wife life, I don't know what is, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Rapid fire questions for you. Ready? Okay, we're ready. Okay, what's the last book you've read? Hopefully audiobooks count. (laughs) That's what I've turned to. Okay, okay. Um, I just read Two Weeks by Karen Kingsbury. It's the first fiction book that I've read in a long time. Nonfiction would probably, I just read Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Jim Cimbala, and it's a great book on prayer. Love it. Coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? <laughs> um, I would like Lauren Daigle or something like that, but if he were surprising me, it would probably be something that he would want to see. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't even know who he'd want to go to concert to. I don't know. He likes alternative music or I'm trying to think of what it w- what would actually be on the ticket. I don't know. It would be a surprise to see what was actually on the ticket. Now everyone has a few things around the house that might need to be replaced. 
maybe it's in her closet, garage. What's the ugliest thing you own? <laughs> My house shoes. They're pretty nasty looking, but I love them. I live in them. Um, if you asked him, though, he would probably say the red couch in the living room. He thinks it's nasty, but I think it's fine. My <laughs> daughter has basically chosen to live on that red couch, and so he's ready to get rid of it. But um, I'm like, hey, it still serves its purpose. It's good. Right. Yes. Okay. You have dinner. If you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would that be? That's a hard one. Um, and I try to kind of go deep. Like if, if I were going to eat dinner with someone from history, maybe Paul um, would be somebody. But then I, if I go fun, I would say Jeff Probst. Maybe if I go to dinner with him, he would cast me on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> so have you been watching Survivor for a while? Yes, I love watching it. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, you've been not alone. Is that the show you would binge watch? No, no. Now, if I'm alone to binge watch something, so Survivor, I have to watch that every week to stay caught up. So if I'm going to binge watch something, it's going to be something um, that I have to watch by myself. Like uh, Heart of Dixie was a really good one. Um, it's got to be a good girl show. Yeah, oh yeah. But I'm excited for Ozark to come out season three, and that's one that we do watch together. So we'll binge watch that together. But um, alone, I'm gonna watch something something good and girly that I don't want to hear his comments when I watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you lock your keys in your car. Husband's at practice. Who's the first person you call? I'd call my dad. Um, my parents are retired and they live like 10 minutes away. And my dad actually takes care of my car. Now he takes it to get the oil changed. He'll take it to get the tires rotated. So if I lock my keys in the car, I'm calling dad. Oh, shout out to your dad. That's yes. awesome. He is a good coach's father-in-law setting that precedent he, there. Yeah. He, he, he even takes Trey's car to, <laughs> to get the oil changed during season. So. <laughs> That's awesome. If your husband weren't a football coach, what would he be? Oh, um, well, if you were to watch a movie with him, he would say he wanted to be some kind of special forces, Navy SEAL, something like that, which I think he could do. But um, realistically, I think he would make a great ESPN analyst. And so I think if he was not a football coach, he would be um, a sports analyst for sure. Ooh. And I think he'd be great at it. Like it. Right down my alley. Like it, like it. Okay. What sport can you beat Coach Perry in? We are both super competitive, so I would say I can beat him in a lot of things. Um, one is bowling. He currently does hold the championship. He won the last time we went bowling, but I think I win more often. Um, I can beat him at ping pong and racquetball. We played racquetball one time in college, and we both said we would never go on the court together again. <laughs> What's your favorite fast food restaurant? Um, Panda Express. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. If you had a superpower, what would that be? If we, if we were going fun here, I think I'm going to say invisibility. Mm -hmm. I think that there's so much you could do with invisibility. So that would be my fun superpower. Okay, I love this one. Imagine a job interview, right? So you walk out, then you could walk right back in and see how it went. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like there's that. There's so many things you could use that for. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much, Courtney. This has been so much fun. I appreciate it. 
Oh, thank you. I have enjoyed it. Best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Go Bears. Coach's Wife Life is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit with the mission of providing support and research for medically fragile children. You can partner with the organization to make a difference for a child battling a critical illness by making a tax-deductible donation at rulerofhope.org. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Life podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.